Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. This is episode 213. Classic is Elder Scrolls Off the Record, and ESOTR is now Classic, brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and our website, of course, questgamingnetwork.com. Today's record date for all of our Tamrielic travelers out there is Turdos. The 6th of Evening Star, and I am, of course, your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And uh, we're here in Skyrim. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're eager to get into it. But first, I must introduce you uh, a gentleman who's just like Ayla the Huntress, only only he's male. And uh, with over about, a, about 100 pounds more muscle on him. And uh, he's actually a scientist, which is kind of cool, you know. And you know what, Mike's not, he's not actually at all like Ayla the Huntress. Mike, the Tamrielic historian. Well, you know, I wouldn't mind being like Ayla the Huntress if, you know, everybody was fawning over me all the time. And then I got to tear their throats out, you know, when I turned into a giant slobbering dog. Oh, is that what you, is that what you want? You want people to fawn over you and then tear, <laughs> yes. <laughs> tear their throats out? Yes. Who's that red-headed feller over there? <laughs> Show me your love. <laughs> 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 How you doing, Mike? I'm doing okay. Uh, we got past uh, the gluttony holiday of Thanksgiving, and we're heading into the gluttony holiday of Christmas. So I got to start baking. That's right, <laughs> uh, aka Saturalia here in in uh, in uh, in Tamriel, yes. where there's always snow all the time. Yes, with uh, lots of merrymaking intent. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, a big shout out and hello to all of our uh, friends coming on into the chat room as well. This is a, a live recording right here on Twitch. Um, and uh, lest, uh, lest me not be, uh, lest us not be rude, and uh, let's introduce these, this other, this next gentleman uh, who absolutely has nothing to do with Chewbacca and neither does this podcast. I just felt like talking, uh, uh, saying the name Chewbacca because I can. Um, Chewbacca defense. Saint Chewbacca. Yeah. Plus, uh, Mithril. Mithril's awesome, like Chewbacca, and he's he's just as hairy and mighty as the Wookiee himself. I, I have no way of knowing that, mm. though. I, I have no way of knowing if Mithril's hairy or not. But uh, I do know he's awesome. That that I can. That, that's Twitter blue check mark verified truth right there. That Mithril is awesome. Mithril, the learned. Well, uh, my secret identity remains secret. No one will know of my hairiness or not hairiness, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Is I, Chewbacca your form of lycanthropy? That would be freaking awesome. That needs to be a Skyrim mod. <laughs> I'd be right. broken. <laughs> um, Mithril, where where can uh, where can everyone around the interwebs uh, find our our lovely show and uh, and network? Well, watch us live on at Twitch, at Twitch TV, Quest Gaming Network. Email us at elderscrollsoftherecord at gmail.com. Find us at questgamingnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at elderscrollsotr. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash elderscrollsoftherecord. Wow, you did that so well. It's it definitely did not sound like we have this written down in front of us and it was rehearsed and nothing like that at all. That sounds like deep sarcasm to me. 
<laughs> this whole thing has sounded exactly like that from from my my poorly landing jokes. <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been a while since we've been on the microphone. So man's trying to cut my throat after his um, year off break from doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're a little wooden, I apologize. It's, it's definitely my fault. Um, Mike, what are we playing today? So today we are playing Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And we are going to be dealing with the rise and fall of the Companions. Uh, come to find out, Avarwin has never played the Companions quest mod. Yes. So this should be interesting. It really should um, be. Yeah, uh, we'll have our thoughts on what we think of the Companions, what we think of you know the, the wannabe fighters guild that they are. Or the uh, trained uh, bloodhounds, I don't know. Uh, we'll have a discussion uh, based on groups and organizations that we hope carry over into Elder Scrolls VI. Uh, we have some news coming up really uh, quick here. And uh, this week in Tamriella Holidays, along with our uh, normal lore to uh, flesh out the companions here today. Oh yeah, we've got a lot on the docket here today. And uh, we're going to get right into it with your news headlines Starting with this, Elder Scrolls Online is free to play across all platforms starting today, Thursday, December 6th, until December 11th. Uh, now you can get it for free on Steam, on the PlayStation 4 store, as well as the Xbox One store, or through ElderScrollsOnline.com and sign up through their free play page. So for those of you out there, um, who who maybe are you know a little hesitant about playing Elder Scrolls Online, uh, or you've got that that friend that's been kind of thinking about it until you know and, and until maybe it goes on sale. You know, you always got that one friend. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get it when it goes on sale. Now's the time. Say hey, it's it's free to play for um, for almost an entire week, and uh, they can really get their um, their fingers into uh, into it. Um, okay, this this last bit of news here uh, is is a uh, uh, tugs at the old heartstrings. All right, hard luck for folks waiting for Elder Scrolls Blades. As Bethesda announced last week, the mobile game will be delayed until early 2019. Ouch! Ooh, ouch! Yeah, that hurts. But I think that we, as Elder Scrolls fans, had better get used to a little bit of pain because of issues Bethesda's having uh, with 76. Uh, a class action lawsuit about how the game ship being in complete uh, garbage, not ready to play, a huge patch to fix that, and then uh, the announcement early this morning where people who had logged in and filed uh, tickets with their customer service that all of their personal information uh, leaked onto the internet somehow. Uh, names, addresses, phone numbers, uh -huh. uh, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. I think that we're going to see a quagmire of problems uh, with Bethesda from 76, and I think it's going to impact a lot of their uh, projected release dates for games, having to make sure that the games come out perfectly polished, none of this, you know, broken on day one, uh, and, you know, just legal battles that they're going to be facing, uh, tightening the belts, I think, a little bit. Yeah, uh, Bethesda's not. Um, they're no. They're no stranger to to legal battles. You know, you, you always kind of hear about these things in um, in you know uh, gaming websites. They'll they'll throw something out there like they just settled a lawsuit here and there. They just filed a lawsuit here and there, and then like that's kind of it. You never really hear much of it after that that initial 
uh, drop that they filed a suit or that you know they were involved in an, in another one. Um, but but uh, you know the the whole debacle with Fallout seventy six. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine they've got a whole dedicated team to Fallout seventy six, um, and and it may not hold much back. But I mean, Mike, you got a really good point here in in saying that. Uh, going forward, maybe they're going to take a little extra time, a little extra Q&A pipeline time to to kind of churn out a game. And not that not that they churn out games by any... They're not Activision, for God's sakes. Um, but when they release a game, that it's, it's probably released a little bit more solidly than, um, than maybe they've been accustomed to in the past. Yeah. And I mean, especially when you consider... You know, Red Dead Redemption Two came out, and people are fawning over that game. And Rockstar has yeah. a is almost ten times as big as Bethesda in terms of their manpower, working on game design mechanics and stuff. Many students and you know friends of mine from college work for them. Um, you know, Bethesda is a very comparatively a small company. You know, we're talking thousands working on uh, uh, over at Rockstar versus hundreds uh, at Bethesda on these games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so any time that there is a drain on resources and manpower and leadership to deal with stuff like this really could impact the way the upcoming release schedule works. Because, you know, if Todd Howard and the rest of upper management are having to deal with the, the fallout of Fallout 76, they may not be able to focus as much on uh, Elder Scrolls 6 and Blades and uh, that other new one there, the outer space one, um, as they might like. Right, right. Um, now, I, I haven't really said anything. I haven't commented on, on any of this stuff, and I'm not going to. Um, Fallout 76 is not my game. I, I you know, I'm, in, I'm Elder Scrolls. I love Elder Scrolls. I, I follow Elder Scrolls. I like Bethesda, but um, I don't like everything that they put out. Everything they put out is not necessarily for me. Um, Fallout, I, I have Fallout 4, I have Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Um, I do end up getting these games anyway. Um but I, I, it's just it for some odd reason it's just they the IP has never taken with me. Um, but Elder Scrolls obviously has. So I really I didn't really track anything with seventy six. I I don't really necessarily care about it, and that's not because you know of anything to do with the game itself. It's just you know personal preference. So um, you know if you're looking for information on on Fallout seventy six and what's been going on with that. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of information available on the internet. Um, I have not really looked into it because it, it, I really don't care uh, very much at all about it, and so so that's kind of that. So I'm just going to you know respectfully just kind of close my mouth about this sort of thing and <laughs> and not not step on anyone's toes here. Uh, as far as our listeners go, um, I, it seems like Bethesda's made made some issues, uh, and and you know. I know they'll clean them up. That's that's what they do. Uh, they're whenever they make a mistake, they always in good faith uh, clean things up. So I have complete faith in that. Uh, but I, I think this is probably going to take a little while to get get there. So you know, best of luck to them, and of course, uh, best of luck to uh, all of the uh, Fallout seventy six fans. Who my heart goes out to them, and uh, of course the development team as well. Who I'm sure they're you know upset trying to uh, they you know you, you spend so long trying to make a game. You know, you, you're excited when it comes out, of course, and I'm sure their uh, <clears throat> hopes are probably a little bit dashed when when all this controversy, you know, came out. So, uh, my uh, my thoughts and prayers are, are going to them, and of course, all of the uh, people who are fans who are angry 
you know, uh, same thing for them too. You know, my, my thoughts are with them and, and, you know, I, I pray for, you know, peace for, for both of these, these groups. So, um, but anyway, uh, I, Ian, if, um, or Mithril rather, if you've got, uh, nothing else on, uh, do you have anything that you'd like to talk about with this? Well, you know, I expect the uh, wagon train of releases are not going to change and that we're just going to have to wait a bit longer for things. And, you know, that's fine. And as far as Fallout 76, I hope everyone gets their things straightened out. And, no, I didn't pay attention to it so much because of Bethesda games, especially, uh, you know, uh, Fallout. I'd rather have the Game of the Year edition before I even buy it. So I'm not even interested until that happens. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, <clears throat> wait until uh, game of the year, game of the year edition comes out. That's always a good idea too. Um, but uh, man, oh Sam, I, I am I am a little uh, upset that uh, Elder Scrolls Blades will not be on my phone for Christmas. But that's okay. If it leads to a better game, I'm into it. You know, and they did say early 2019. That could be anywhere between January to March. So, not, I'm not excited about upgrading my phone though. So I'm I'm willing to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might that one might be a little bit. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Same thing for Skull, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. I hope they spend a long time on it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right now that's not in the cards. You know. Right, right. I I hear you. My 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 PC is not uh, is not is not ready for Elder Scrolls Six. Um, but uh, Jenny was saying earlier. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, my brand new wife, Jenny. I. I should... <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is uh, in the room with me? Say say hello, dear. Say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> she was saying um, that uh, Elder Scrolls Six better not take too long for it to come out because she's not going to have anything to play while she's pregnant. So <laughs> Ooh, that's a significant thing. I mean, of course, you can pick up uh, Daggerfall when that gets re-released. Da- <laughs> you're you're hoping for uh, for a uh, a special edition of Daggerfall. Oh no no! We already know that's going to come out. It's almost ready, isn't it? That Mike, um, you checked up on that? Our no, Australian friend. Oh oh, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, um, Daggerfall for Unity. Yeah yeah, I think he's getting pretty far into it so yes. far. It looks like yes, he is. Yes, uh, the uh, Daggerfall for Unity project has been uh, trucking uh, trucking along in 2018 and 2019. I know it's going to be a a big year for him too. So yeah, I, I, I've I, set up set up uh, capacity for that. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be epic when that finally drops in in all of its, its splendor. I'd like to do some streaming on that because I love it. Elder Scrolls Two is like it's probably like my third favorite Elder Scrolls game. It's got the best systems. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. All right, look, look uh, let's yeah. <laughs> we, we got a couple let's of other move things. On, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Uh, next in your headlines, folks, is this. Uh, Zoss is activating Twitch drops, so Ouroboros Crown Crates have a chance to drop to Twitch viewers watching their favorite ESO streamers this month, starting uh, December 7th. So check out their article on ElderScrollsOnline.com to see their schedule of events, starting with ESO Live on December 7th through the end of the late part of this month. Also, speaking of Crown Crates, uh, new new uh, Crown Crate season has dropped for ESO, featuring the Zanmir from Merkmire. So take a look at the Crown Store uh, if you're interested in such things. Um, 
Mithril, uh, was there? I think there was something you wanted to add to that as well. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Um, if you remember the the Wolf Hunter DLC, the dungeon DLC. Um, right now, there's a thing going on where you can either uh, earn the uh, a style for it for the Wolf Hunter armor. I believe by doing the uh, the the dungeons, um, maybe vet or normal. I'm not sure, but I know for sure that you can buy the whole set on the Crown Store, you know, with money. So it, it they kind of give you the option. Right. But it's really good looking. I saw it. I don't know the details, but I know that there's a thing on it. Okay. Uh, hey, Drunken Chewy, thank you very much for the uh, 12 month subscription to our Twitch channel. Um. All right, and the next thing and the final uh, final bit of news. It's actually for Skyrim Special Edition. Uh, they've got that Creation Club, which updated recently. And uh, there's some stuff in there that I think are actually um, pretty cool. Uh, so they've got a brand new... Uh, looks like it's a... God, I, I, I think they like, they like to... The PR department over at Bethesda likes to call these things creations. I'm going to just call them what they are. They're mods. I know they're going to hate that, but look, there's no way around it. Um, they are mods. <laughs> So, uh, but I think these are actually <laughs> worth it. Um, when I see new mods in their creation club that are worth the price and, and you're supporting, you know, the, the mod creators, I think they're worth calling out. So this, this new one called dungeon adventure is now available. Um, uh, it's titled, uh, forgotten seasons rather. So it's a, it's a dungeon pack. It's a dungeon adventure. It's called forgotten seasons and it provides quote, a myriad of unique rewards, including a new mount armor, items, and perks, many of which feature custom art assets and designs, end quote. And that's available for uh, 1,200 credits, which you can get that on, on Steam. Uh, also newly available is the Saturalia Holiday Pack, which offers a new Saturalia-themed vestments and an elk mount for 300 credits. And the, quote, Vigil Enforcer Armor, now, the reason why I'm calling this out is because it's both collectible and craftable armor sets for 600 credits. And there's a new quest available as well called Civil War Champions. That's available for 600 credits as well. Uh, all of that you can get on the uh, the Steam store. Uh, obviously, before you buy, check it out if you have uh, Skyrim Special Edition on, on Steam. Uh, check it out and uh, and see if it's for you. Uh, I think these are, these are really cool. Um, the fun little gameplay elements so and i think the price is the price is right for these things so give it a give it a look if you're interested and uh hopefully if you are uh you're enjoying it all right folks uh gameplay time unless anyone else has anything to say about the the, the previous headlines we'll, we'll move into gameplay uh one okay. thing quick about the uh, creation club thing i'll sure. be really interested to see what uh, mod arthurs were involved in this and perhaps they were some of them that we were familiar with that did really mods that we like there are actually um yeah yeah there, there are they always list the mod authors on on those creations in the creation club and i see a lot of familiar names in there so okay yeah there it's definitely and, and it's all it's all available uh on the on the store too uh mike anything no i'm good all right uh mike how about we go to you for your gameplay, your weekend game? Okay, so um, my mom gave me uh, some early birthday money, and I picked up a new co-host uh, for the Elder Scrolls uh, show here. Wait a second. We have a new co-host for Elder yes. Scrolls Off the Record? Yes. Go to would, you like four. To, would you like to meet her? Uh, I would I would love to meet her. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm only meeting her now for the first time. Please introduce yourself, dear. Alexa, play Skyrim. Welcome back to Skyrim, adventurer. 
You scroll through your journal menu for a refresher on your quest. Ah, yes. You vowed to aid an imperial farmer by vanquishing the evil from an abandoned fort that killed her mother. You were about to decide where to go. There are two paths before you, a simple wooden gate and a crumbling staircase. Which do you choose? Alexa, take the crumbling staircase. <laughs> you move deeper into the fort. The walls still serve their purpose, even after years of neglect. You hear the rattling of bones. A skeleton warrior lurches towards you. You can attack with weapon, cast spell, use shout. You shout. What would you like to do? <laughs> you shout. You shout. <laughs> you know what's funny is this is a bit, but Mike's actually getting into it. Throws <laughs> the skeleton warrior back, staggering it. The skeleton warrior croaks one last breath, defeated. You survived the battle. Your health is at ninety. There are two paths before you: a scarred iron door and a stone staircase. Which do you choose? Alexa, quit. This is like Dungeons and Dragons with a robot. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's a, it's creepy. It's really. Oh creepy. yeah, I played the first it. First thing funny. I did when I got Alexa last week was download the uh, the app for Skyrim, so that I could actually play it. And the first Sorry, encounter I'm I had. Sure about that. All right, Alexa, <laughs> why don't you cool sure yourself that. down? All right, relax. The the first <laughs> encounter I had was with the adoring fan. And I foosed his butt right off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of in, inside jokes in this game too. If you yeah. play it long enough. Oh man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you deal with that thing in your house, man. I find those things creepy. I really yeah. do. I enjoy it, you know, being able to wake up in the morning and you know tell her to play music, a specific artist, or just, like, just uh, scream at her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alexa. <laughs> Yeah, you're brushing your teeth. Alexa, take the stairs. Okay, taking the stairs. <laughs> Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> uh, I like to stop. I like to quit. I like to shut up. Oh, man. Mithril, you too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It helps It helps uh, Jerry around the house. Well, that's good. Uh, why? Why are you defending it to me? I'm just. I'm just. I'm the weird one here. I'm the one thinking that you know. I. Oh no! Order sixty six is coming. I already know. Order sixty six. <laughs> execute order sixty. Alexa, execute order sixty six. <laughs> <laughs> why does it sound like Trump? <laughs> She's so temperamental. <laughs> I don't know. Well. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mike, uh, anything uh, from you? Uh, other than uh, this new toy, you know, I've been logging in and doing the dailies. Um, you know that you do you log in to get uh, Merkvire if you logged in throughout November, and now in December, if you log into ESO Daily, uh, there's a mount and there's some hats that you can get. Uh, so you know, uh, make sure that uh, you get your new life gear uh, by logging into your account every day, and um, I got the three, the third feather for uh, the new mount. So now I am just waiting for New Life Festival to uh, get the do the dailies to get the last feather and uh, get my free mount. Nice, congratulations yeah, I on double down on that New Life to get all those feathers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been uh, seriously neglecting my my uh, Elder Scrolls gameplay, um, but I I think I've had a good reason to, you know do that <laughs> wedding and honeymoon and all you know <laughs> but you didn't well, you better get that. jenny that mount i don't know what you're doing which wait which mount uh the 
was the um, I can never pronounce it. Oh, the, it's the one that looks like a griffin. It's you like you better a, get that. The Indrik? You know you're obligated to. Oh no, I'm screwed. I am. I, I'm gonna I, die if I don't. I haven't so, even like, collected. You know. I haven't even collected the first feather. Well, it's okay. You could as long as you get twelve uh, uh, gift certificates there and turn it in, or ten, you can turn it in for any of the four feathers. You just better get your button gear and uh, you know do all the the New Life Daily Festivals, yeah, uh, things to get your feathers and then you know pay people to give them uh, your to pay people to get feathers from them too. You mean <laughs> there's still hope for me? Yeah. Oh. No, we're gonna have to make Alexa the new co-host because he's gonna die. Oh. <laughs> Jenny's gonna kill him for not getting the, getting her the Endric mount. <laughs> Han, are you gonna are you gonna kill me for not getting you the special mount that's coming out uh, for for this Christmas on Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah, and there was mad. silence. She did already. She, she's <laughs> thinking about it. She got to speak up. A little dramatic. All right. I appreciate your uh, being nice to me. <laughs> She'll wait until you're asleep and then delete character of Arwen. <laughs> oh no! Oh, she, she's saying she wants to see the mount now, guys. I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right. Well, I sowed the seeds of de- devastation in your household. Moving on. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Mithril. He's saying uh, he sowed the seeds of devastation for us in the house here. <laughs> um. All right. So, so Mithril, what, uh, what about you? What have been, what have you been doing in game lately? Well, I've been killing it in Elder Scrolls Legends with a purple, red, and yellow Redoran control deck. Uh, Jerry and I made a deck with the sole purpose of getting out St. Giu into play and hopefully copy him a bazillion times with the combo. And made a surprisingly effective deck that pings its own creatures for damage for bizarre bonuses. Really? Yeah. Okay, and how's that, have, have you been, how long have you had that, that deck in, in Legends? Uh, about two days. Okay. Jerry and I have been laughing our butts off killing people with it. Oh, so you've been slaughtering uh, left and right with that thing. In regular mode, not competitive. <laughs> the the Redoran thing above is what we use for uh, ranked right now. Okay. Um, so aside from that, hitting the Dungeons Festival, uh, as was mentioned before, with Vanquish Lavillian, my Lady Templar that uses two hand and bow, who okay. is a tank. Uh, and I'm just trying to get my two pieces left to transmute on uh, two of my armor pieces to make sure it's uh, my build's all the way complete. Uh, next. Uh, anything you want to say about that, Ivarwin? Uh, no. no, no okay. I've uh, been questing around Hjalmarch in Skyrim. Hjalmarch? Yeah, Hjalmarch. Hjalmarch? Yeah, back where uh, old uh, Ulfric lives at. Okay. Uh in Skyrim with a shield dagger bow companions Bosmer build his name is here again Waylanthir and he's going to marry Ayla the Huntress he, he doesn't know it yet but he's going to he doesn't know yet but um, he's going to marry Ayla yeah that's my uh, that was my main uh, waifu from Skyrim <laughs> I like her story a lot anyways uh, bought Ivarwin the knight of Meridia armor uh, in in ESO, and I also bought. Uh oh, he's gonna. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna bite it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought my own character Vanquish and Athena-like looking Cyrodiilic dress, and that's it. Okay, I'm uh fighting the uh the companions now. 
Oh my god. Our, our listeners, the opening scene when you enter into the companion's hall, there's a fist fight going on and Avarwin, yeah, about to like take your your arm off. Yeah, Avarwin just decided to get involved in the fist fight with a sword. And now the entire companion's hall has turned on him. Oh, he knew this and was going to happen. And he's going to have to reload cuz that's the end. Yeah, Never well, I'm, I'm at least going to companions now. I'm at least going to get this guy. There we go. Your sword. He's gonna is take out mine. this dark elf, racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was really torn between do I do I hit the guy who's a dark elf or do I hit the woman? Well, I'm like ah 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 oh I can't help myself. Well, the guy know. hit the guy. <laughs> uh, your character's not part of the Thought Busters, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, all right. So, <laughs> thought busters. <laughs> all right. So, like I said, guys, I've been uh, I've been a bit preoccupied, uh, but I have logged in a little bit in ESO and I've been mostly doing like undaunted daily quests from uh, Bolgrul uh, the Orc. Oh my gosh. Um, so I've been doing some, you know, just kind of like going to the um, uh, delves, you know, been, been doing stuff like that. I love delves. I love delves in ESO. They're they're a lot of fun. You know, they're they're so quick, and or they, it could take you ten minutes, or it could take you thirty minutes if you really like loot everything and you find all the chests and all the uh, heavy sacks. And you, you, if you haven't, you know, done the the quest in there, there's that. And so I, I like doing that stuff. It's it's pretty cool. And if I know that I don't have a lot of time, but I got a hankering for ESO, like I'll jump in there and just do that. Yeah, because sometimes we just fly through those things and just don't read the story. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it happens. Um, yeah, I tanked a few dungeons uh, as well uh, during during the uh, the honeymoon, and uh, Jenny and I uh, started up uh, some some characters together on on the uh, PC North American server. So it was a lot of fun playing uh, playing ESO with her for a couple of nights while uh, while we took some time out for that so it's it's been uh, it's been good you know not a whole lot of time dedicated to uh, to elder scrolls uh, especially ESO um, but it's the, the the time that I have I have spent in there it was was really enjoyable sometimes you get in you play a lot and your your gameplay tends to be more frustrating than anything else for for whatever reasons and that that had not been the case uh, this time around so so nothing but uh nothing but, nothing but good vibes from uh from ESO. That sounds fantastic. You know, and one good thing of Jenny playing is that we won't have to have an, uh, a random person in the group to do a dungeon anymore if she's on with you. Yeah, exactly. Um it's so it's it's de- it's definitely great having uh finally um having her on the, uh, on the PC North American server to uh to play with. And oh. I have been holding on to uh my um uh, my my scroll of I was gonna say scroll of Meridia, but uh, I forget the Daedric Prince. Um, Meridia, it it is right. <laughs> scroll of Meridia? No, it's not the scroll of Meridia. <laughs> uh, this the scroll that you use in order to marry another character in game. Oh, oh yes, Mara. It's Mara. Mara, that's it. I knew it was, it was an M. Um, yeah, I've I've been, I have held on to my scroll of Mara uh, since launch day, just for uh, just for Jenny's character. So I still have it, and uh, 
there'll be a, a little bit of that going on at some point soon too one thingy barwin revolving around the stream if you go downstairs in this building and come back up they'll stop fighting and they'll continue in the dialogue and with the quest and everything oh okay thank you so uh all right we'll we'll do that um all right so so mithril over to you uh as we uh kind of break into uh the the uh uh nuts and bolts of the show how about uh this week in in tamrielic holidays all right i'll try to pronounce everything correctly <laughs> all right hell and silac sun's dusk the 18th Hell and Silac, which means communion with the saints of the sword and old red guard, is the most serious of holy days for the people of Pothago. The, in, the ancient way of Hell and Sai is never practiced by modern red guards, but its rich heritage is remembered and honored on this day. Warriors Festival, Sun's Dusk the 20th. Today is the 20th of Sun's Dusk, the Warriors Festival in Daggerfall. Most of the local local warriors, <laughs> woke woke warriors, some, all right, some um, of the woke spell swords <laughs> and, ro- and rogues come out to the equipment stores and blacksmiths where all the weapons are half price. Unfortunately, the low prices also tempt many of the untrained boy to buy his first sword, and the normally quiet Daggerfall streets ring with amateur skirmishes. The king has pardoned most of these ruffians in the past, but has promised to be less merciful this year. In Daggerfall, this is the summoning day of Mayrunes Dagon. Uh-huh. You know, my runes, Dagon. Yep. I, I know they, they be gone. <laughs> Stay away from that guy, old Mayrunes Dagon. Every time I check my crafting bag. Mm-hmm. Bad joke. Yeah, All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you talk to some of the other bystanders, eventually the fight will wrap up. Yeah. I'm just so going downstairs and going upstairs didn't work for you? Yeah. Weird. Looks like, looks like they uh, they, they uh, stopped the fight. Okay, good. That's what it's supposed to happen. Um, oh, yes. Even, Evening Star. North Wind's Prayer. Evening Star, the 15th. Today is the 15th of Evening Star, a holiday reverently observed by the temples as North Wind's prayer. It is the thanksgiving to the gods for a good harvest and a mild winter. Some years, like this one, the harvest is not particularly good and the winter unseasonably harsh in Glenumbra. But as the king is fond of saying, it is it could be much worse. The temples offer all their services, blessing, curing, healing, for half the donation usually requested. And that is our Tamriel holidays. Oh, very good. Thanks, Mithril. All right, folks. Uh, well, before we uh, jump into uh, the history of the Companions, uh, we do want to remind everyone of uh, who sponsors our show in part today, and that is Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you are looking for brand new earbuds, uh, we would love for uh, for you to go over to TweakedAudio.com because we think you're going to get uh, the best bang for your buck and also some quality quality uh, earbuds out of it as well. Um, so for about a $30 price point, give or take, 
Uh, you're going to end up getting some some really nice, handsome um, earbuds out of the deal. They're going to last you a long time. They 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 uh, they take a they take a lick and they keep on ticking, so to speak. To steal a uh, an old an old uh, an old quote there from uh, from the '80s. Uh, <laughs> they're very good at what they do. They sound fantastic, and uh, and they sure hold up for quite a long time. Um, over at uh, tweakedaudio.com. And uh, the thing of it is, is uh, honestly, like I wouldn't, I would not buy thirty dollars headphones if it wasn't for the fact that it, they sound like something that you would spend at least eighty to a hundred dollars on. I'm talking Bose quality sound uh, coming out of these puppies. Really, really, really good stuff. Nice deep bass, um, and like I said, very strong construction too. Um, I tend to do a lot of jogging and uh, weightlifting at the gym. So uh, if these things uh, can hold up for me for, for not months, but, but years, okay, until I eventually uh, lose them, <laughs> uh, they're, they're damn good. Um, I have beaten the crap out of, out of my headphones. Um, they have, they've ripped out of my ears uh, while jogging in the gym. Um, I've dropped weights on them. I have put them through. I've left them in my pocket and put them through multiple cycles in um in the washing and drying machine as well and and these things have done very well um the uh, the one earbuds that the one pair of earbuds that went through the uh, the wash cycle and the drying cycle it went through the wash and the dryer they came out great the second time around and eh, not so good so those i had to i had to you know kind of squawk about those a little bit and i called up tweaked audio i told them what happened and they sent me a new pair for free so they you know, have... they also survived the wall humping incident in Daggerfall. <laughs> yes, during that whole incident on, in Daggerfall, yes, there was an issue. Where... <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, Ishabu, they are they are Brago proof. Uh, he has batted these around a little bit. I've caught him once or twice, sort of nipping on the cord. Um, I mean, they they they're not indestructible, but if Brago can give him a give him a few a few nips and chews, and uh, they they they're uh, they hold up just fine after that then they're good the, the thing is is that they, they've got this really strong like interwoven like nylon cord on this thing so so they're very they're very strong and durable they they really can take quite a bit like i said 33 dollars a roundabout really awesome sound okay strong construction and on top of it they've got a, a limited lifetime warranty as well if anything happens to them give them a call over tweaked audio hey here's what happened okay no problem We'll send you new ones for free if it if it uh, meets you know their standards and they they've got some some pretty relaxed standards over there so generally speaking they're going to satisfy you know your needs and one of my favorite parts about tweaked audio headphones and I'm going to wrap this up in just a second guys free worldwide shipping now for for us like I, I like to say this a lot you know for us in the states I don't think we can really appreciate how much shipping means to some folks who live outside of the United States. You know, uh, Mithril, our co-host over in, um, in in Norway, Rogue, shipping anything to him takes takes you know damn near an act of Congress, and then of course five million dollars in order to do it. <laughs> and so so you know, worldwide free shipping. Look, no matter where you live in the world, they're going to ship them to you, and they do it for free, for free. That's amazing. Okay, amazing deal. The deals just stack up over at tweakedaudio.com. And the other thing, too, is sometimes they run uh, monthly deals on um, on their website. So if you go to tweakedaudio.com, on top of our code, off the record, all right, all one word, off the record. If you type that in at checkout, 
Okay, we're going to save you 33% off your entire order. And on top of it, they might be running an additional code as well for that month, and it'll save you a, a, an additional 10% off. But don't forget our code, off the record, off the record, off the record. All one word, 33% off, worldwide free shipping, extremely strong construction, sound fantastic, really an awesome pair of earbuds. And don't forget, off the record, all one word, 33% off, and maybe you'll luck out. They'll get you uh, an extra 10% off while you're at it for a total of 43% off, plus that free shipping. Like I said, the deals just stack up over at tweakedaudio.com. So thank you again, tweakedaudio.com, for sponsoring our show in part two day. All right, that was a mouthful, and uh, let's hope uh, Mike does not have his mouthful right now because it is the history of With the Companions. All right. The Companions are a group of warriors who take on private and public contracts for the people of Skyrim and who purportedly carry out the traditions of the 500 Companions of Ysgrimor. Although the two groups offer a similar service, the Fighters Guild historically had a strong presence in Skyrim. And anybody who's played ESO has seen both the Companions and the Fighters Guild in uh, the Rift and in Eastmarch. Uh, but we're going to focus on uh, the Companions because when you come to the time of Skyrim, uh, Elder Scrolls V here, the Fighters Guild has no presence in Skyrim. And so uh, we're going to take a look at what makes the Companions special and, uh, as we said in the opening, the rise and fall of the Companions. So we start with the first book, The Song of Return, Volume 2. Our great Lord Ysgamor, the harbinger of us all, did then send forth his two beloved sons, with him the only other survivors of the brutalities of Sarthal, to seek out the bravest warriors of the land and mount the great return. Yingol and Yalgar, they were called, and they are known among Atmora as fine warriors with bright eyes and dawning futures. Yingol, the elder, was the bravest strategist bringing his learning to bear on the battlefield that his enemies would be defeated before they even know the battle had begun. Yanglar, the youngest, younger, had possessed an unwavering spirit that drove his singular prowess to overwhelming feats in war. Together, the mind and the arm were capable of sowing a destruction most, th through, most thorough and glorious to any foe who stood before them. Before they parted ways, they gathered their crews, the two class arms and necks in the old fashion, and laughed at the heavens for their stories to come. Younger Yilgar then took to the massive shipyards at Kjolfurk in the southern point and commissioned two ships for himself and his brother. He would command the Drasmurs and his brother the Harak, thus carrying the names of the two favored stars of their heavens. The shipmaker spirits had been subtly filled by Ysgamor's tale of the savage elves, and they set forth to birth ships that would befit their noble homeland. Arrangements had been made. Yelgar set forth to the academies of honored soldiers, seeking out his most trusted friends and advisors to join him on the venture of the return. By now, the stories of the new land to the south were spreading before him, and the mere emergence of his presence was enough to cause the finest warriors to lay down their present undertakings and to follow him. 
So he was able to call to his side the great shield sisters, Prora and Grosta, and thought spoke as one, and they brought with them the wise war teacher Admerk, who first taught them to dance among the blades. She in turn mustered all the students at her command, whose names are not yet made, but some of whom would one day be known. Heimskir, who threw his shield, Urlach, who breathed fire, Ramoth the Greater, Melkrin Ramoth, and the far-sighted Urk, who would see the first of many dawns. On the day of final passage, there were many oared fleets would last see the distant green summers of Atmora. The brothers were near in their father's wake as the freshly joined 500 would eagerly press onwards towards Tamriel. Yogar could see his well-minded brother smiling from afar across the waves, and they shouted war cries to each other, longing for the soon day when their assembled crews would draw the treacherous elf blood into the ground, which they would now claim for their own rights. But Kind's ministrations were not to be taken lightly, and through her blessings gave wind to drive those brave sailors to their destinies. So do too did her mighty tears fall to drive them apart. When the storm of separation first arose, young Yogar had no fear, for his crew was strong and able, and their ship drove true through the forest of swells, and through pulled by the ropes of faith. When the skies cleared, and Yogar glimpsed again with new eyes the land of his past and future home, he knew his brother's vessel was not within his horizon. The Dramus arrived late, drew forth onto the sands, and Yilgar rushed to his father to seek word of his brother. The great Ysgrimor, harbinger of us all, wept for his lost son, and sought comfort in the arms of his only remaining joy. The crew of the Harak began became the first death among the five hundred, and Yilgar, so enraged with love for his brother and his crew, would soon be counted as the first among the many noble and honored names of the companions. So that was the first book, the Book of Return. So we know that the Tales of the Nords are the coming from Atmora and uh, the 500 companions that uh, took revenge on the Snow Elves that uh, had forced them out of Skyrim in the first place. Anybody who's played through Skyrim has gone to Sarthal to find the giant orb. And uh, sure. the hall here for the companions is actually uh, part of this fleet. And uh, we'll see here in just a few seconds. Yeah. Um, you they know, marched I mean it all the it. way down to the Midlands. Yeah. That boat, like, all of them, they just carried it. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't actually uh, <clears throat> I didn't actually realize that, that the, the hall of the uh, companions here is actually a boat. Until uh, yeah. Mike had mentioned something earlier today before we started yeah. recording. They had a bunch to carry the boat and a bunch of people to slay to people who would get in their way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really cool. So, I mean, we're, you know, just keep this in mind. You know, something as cool as that, you know, that you know, these 500 carried this boat from uh, Windhelm. Well, probably sailed it down the river. And then carried it, you know, all the way here to make it the roof of their hall. Yeah, 
and this is one of those things that you know we've talked about in the show in the past that it's it seems to be about decay and death and rotting that yeah. the glorious times are far behind these people you know the story of the 500 companions is like you know the epic tale of them getting here and conquering skyrim and establishing skyrim but then as we see you know there's going to be some you know you know times when like they really you know didn't do squat and there's not much really going on about being a nord or being a companion for you know millennia wow the great harbingers of the companions chronicles of some of the leaders of the companions this history is recorded by Swak the Longsighted of the Circle of Yorvaskar in the Third Era. While I am not gifted with this sharp gift of words, I have learned the stories of the companions before me and set to record record them that they might not be lost when I am. Hereafter is a list of notable harbingers of the companions who led us through the darkness to the glories in Sovngarde. Notes on the Harbinger. The companions have never had a true leader since Ysgamor. None have been mighty enough to corral the great hearts that beat in Yorvaskar, while others, like mages and thieves, need the blessings of their hierarchy to know how to dress. We companions are capable of leading our own destinies to glory. The Harbinger advises, resolves disputes, and helps to clarify when questions arise on the nature of honor. In the thousand years that the companions have held at Yorvaskar, there have been har- harbingers both terrible and brilliant. Those known for their arms, those for their hearts, and those for their minds. Here are a list of some of the most uh, gloried harbingers who inspire song and deed. Yizgamor, the first harbinger, the first man, the bringer of words, and the one who is first bound, the companions to honor in that far-off land long ago. Better people have written of him, so I will not attempt to meet their words. Yeek of the River, captain of the Yorvaskar, during the return, discovered the Skyforge, founder of Whiterun, the keeper of the original Oath of the Companions, now lost to time. While other crews sought glory and conquest, he was the first to settle and serve as protector for the less war gifted in the land they had come as they had come behind. So this is the guy who, you know, literally drove the boat uh, that now sits on top of the the hall. Yeah, that was a literal uh, explorer's tale where everything's so literal with them, they just, that's what they did. Marfwil the Withdrawn. Several hundred years after the death of Ysgamor, the companions, as we now know them, were soldiers for hire, little better than mercenaries. Our services could be purchased for the fighting of wars, but the commitment to individual honor meant that often shield brothers would be forced to face each other on the field of battle. The bonds of honor which bind the companions threatened to break, until Mirwil in his wisdom, decree that we should no longer be party to any war or political conflict of any kind. Because of his steady hand, the companions today are known as impartial arbiters of honor, in addition to their glories on the field of battle. And I think that that one there is really important because it's one of the reasons why we don't see them involved in the Civil War in Skyrim. Yeah, uh, it's a reason why Skior and Ayla 
sought to rebel against um, the Harbinger because, you know, they they wanted a taste of war and they couldn't get into it. Yep. I, I got to say, um, I, I've never... Uh, I, I, you, you've said this earlier in the show, Mike, um, but I've actually never done the Companions Quest. Okay? Now... It's for two reasons. Number one, um, I'm not going to say the number one thing because that might be a spoiler for some. But uh, number two, uh, the, the the quest was broken the one time I actually did want to do it, and um, I never completed it. And, and it kind of uh, disillusioned me for the quest. I never returned to it. So so I never just, I've never done it. Um, however, uh, the things that you're saying to me right now, and I've been kind of, you know, p- paying attention to some of the dialogue I'm going through here as well. Um, I, I find it extremely interesting, the, these two main points that you brought up about the Companion so far. Number one, they don't actually have a leader. Everyone kind of is their own person. And I've seen that reflected in the dialogue already, and I just completed the first quest. I find that extremely interesting. And number two, um, they're, they're apolitical uh, for, for a reason as well. It's like <clears throat> because, they, because every, every person is their own person, they do not have a leader. Um, they they remain apolitical this way the companions can stay together despite their differences and I, I find that um, especially in today's uh, political climate I find that inspiring um, but at the same time I also find it extremely um, how should I put it uh, unique uh, for for a video game where it does take place during a civil war it's so it's so um, easy for for a game company to to just sort of overlook an idea like that and i think it really speaks to uh bethesda's writing um that they they would think to include a group like this that are apolitical and extremely divisive time area and and look there's heroes and and good reasons on both sides here um you've got a, a heroic group it's just so tantalizing to have everyone jump in and and yet they found a way to to make it more interesting to have one group be that odd group out and the player can join them as well i find that extremely interesting um and then of course the the one lore note that that the boat that they arrived in skyrim in uh is is actually part of their hole so that's really yeah. cool like there's a lot of like really awesome like lore flavor going on around here that i, I just find yeah, people overlook this stuff. I've been talking about Elder Scrolls for seven years now, and you don't hear this stuff. You still see the ancient shields on the sides of that boat, too. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you run into with this is the Companions Quest was had a really good backbone, and you know, it's a really powerful quest. But I think you know, you, as you put it, you when you first went to play, it was broken, and I still think like it's still never fully been fleshed out and resolved and fixed even with patches and mod additions because the radiant quest system uh doesn't always work um some of the companions you're supposed to be able to meet them on the road as they're going to do their different uh uh, activities and trials and jobs um sometimes you meet them sometimes you don't uh sometimes they never even leave the room that you find them in yeah um yeah, so it's unlike the Mages Guild and the uh, Dark Brotherhood or the Thieves Guild, a lot of it is it feels very forced or very stagnant, depending on what you're doing. Like, you know, go here, do this, you know, and pretty much P- 
people that are in your uh, uh, employ have to be released so that you can travel with the companion that is supposed to be leading you through this quest line. Okay, great. So now, you know, you, you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have no companion. You know, you know Lydia can't be with you or uh, whoever you're bringing with you. And, uh, you know, you, you go to meet somebody somewhere and you find that they're still in their bedroom. And it's like, come on, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I used to hate that all the time <clears throat> whenever... Uh... Whenever it did happen, the my, the the um, what happened with me with the companions quest was uh, there was a at some point someone ends up inside of a dungeon. You got to grab a lever and release them, and that lever just never it never worked. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at uh, Nexus mods right now, and there's a mod already uh, for special editions that claims that you can delay the progress in the companions quest line in order to actually enjoy the radiant quests. Yeah, so, because that's after nice. that first one there, you know, right now you're traveling out to uh, to to go find the the piece of Withrun, I believe, is what you're going out to do. Yeah, and pretty much from that point on, all of the radiant quests get turned off. Yeah, and... this, the the pathway between Welp and you are the leader of the or you are part of the circle is really short and needs a bit more grinding. Yeah, you know, so they it, you know. I've had a mod before where it adds the grinding and you have to be a whelp for a while and you're still a whelp until you get all your jobs done and then you get to be someone cool. <laughs> all right. Okay, so the next Harbinger, Sirik Balafi, the first Harbinger not to be ancestral at Morin Blood. This was around the time of that the Nords began to think of themselves as such. And there were great disputes about purity and the legacy of Ysgamor. Sirik first came to Yorvaskar as a servant, but the Red Guard quickly proved his mettle when treated disrespectfully by one of the lesser honor-bound warriors of his time. Granted the status of honorary companion after saving the life of the harbinger Tulvar, the unmentioned, he became known as the most capable of shield brothers in the hall, with speed and cunning surpassing any of the old Atmoran stock. His time as harbinger was short-lived, but it is said that his field knowledge of blade work continues to pass to every new companion through their training. Hentelier the Outsider, the first elven harbinger. Like Sirak before him, he was initially subject to ridicule when arriving at um, Yorvaskar, for this was the time near the closing of the first era when the elves were not permitted to be full companions and few were even allowed to see the inside of the hall. Hantelier was humble in the daylight hours, performing any task asked of him. At night, he trained fiercely on the outside yard, allowing himself only minutes of sleep before resuming his servant duties the next day. So he toiled through several harbingers, never resting, never complaining, and always keeping his mind and body sharp. Giving his long life, he came to be trusted by the new companions as the one who helped them learn the ways of honor. When one such pupil had aged into an old man and became Harbinger himself, Hantafir was the was the only one at his deathbed. With all the companions assembled, he named Hantafir as his successor, saying even an elf can be born with the heart of a Nord sometimes. There were some members of the companions who laid down their weapons that day, but those who remained knew the true honor, and it is their legacy we continue to bear. 
Mackie of the Piercing Eye, a harbinger known for her great beauty, but any who underestimate her on account of it would never make the mistake again. She was said to once stare down half an opposing army and then slaughtered the remaining single-handedly. Her disappearance in her eight years as Harbinger has never been explained, though many slanderous lies claim to make an accounting for it. Kiernerl the Long Nose. After the dark periods of the Second Era, when the strings of fate had dishonored Harbingers laid claim to Yorvaskar, it was Kiernerl the Long Nose who gathered the true hearts of the companions in the wilds and stormed Yorvaskar itself killing the usurpers and returning true honor through blood in the old ways. He began the tradition of trusted advisors called the Circle. After the great Lord Ysgamor's Council of Captains, who would serve as examples to the newer companions by ensuring that the notion of honor can have an unbroken string of traditions, he steadied the course of the companions and restored the destinies to that of Yuzgamor's passing onwards towards Sovngarde. So that's a list of important ones up into the second era. Uh, once again, it seems like we have some really powerful ones in the first era. We have uh, a couple of, I think, not noteworthy ones that uh, were needed really so that events in Skyrim can take place and make sense. I mean, I usually play uh, a Wood Elf character Rarely do I play a Nord, and yet, you know, both of them have the capability of becoming the leader of the companions. And so it's through characters in the past that allow you to bring in any race to the companions, join it, and become a leader eventually. Yeah, I've got a wood elf in the companions, so, you know, the story of the elf being there kind of helps. What's really interesting is that the Red Guard, he said a lot of his uh, sword techniques... You know, kind of like those old Ansei sword techniques kind of yeah. carried through. And Skior literally said to Ivarwin's character, you know, you might be holding your sword wrong. Uh, we'll, sh we'll go over to grip tomorrow. But which <laughs> reminds me of the, the several grips uh, that, um, that were used as, in the Ansei order. Like the Book of Rings and all that other stuff that, yeah. that came with it. God. You, you so know, that might be that might, that might be a really weird reference to to that old Edgar to the Red Guard uh, sword style. You know, yeah. between between the lore and and the gameplay of Elder Scrolls, I mean, it's just, I, I, you know, I just I I'm trying to get to this quest right. This is just such like oh god, I'm I feel really lucky right now because um you know to capture to capture this particular gameplay on on the stream, you know, here I am trying to get to this quest and then uh, I'm running out I, I literally see an elk and I'm like oh look Jenny's here she likes elk let me see if I can like get this so I chased the elk for a little bit just so Jenny could see him and then like a, a, a freaking dragon drops out of the sky and I'm like all right let's kill the frost dragon I kill the frost dragon I move up there's an old abandoned shack over here I come inside and there's a chest right underneath the floorboards open it up there's some gold in there I mean this is just between the lore and the gameplay it's like this is this is why this is why people show up and stay. Uh, you know, people <laughs> show up to Elder Scrolls and they stay for Tamriel, and, and yeah. it's just, it's just amazing. Like this is just such like badass like pure Elder Scrolls gameplay. And and you know I, I'm I'm bringing this up. And meanwhile, what's Mithril talking about? The fact that one of the 
Holy shit. Sabretooth guy. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to pay attention to this fight. Um, <laughs> the fact that, you know, um, Mithril happened to, to catch on to, you know, just some random NPC just telling me some random thing that links to some a, a bit of lore that's cultural for that NPC's race in a game that, that was uh, that that was in a game that came out, you know, years before Skyrim, just just amazing, just world building uh, stuff going yeah. on for for these games. You're being a Nord talking about Redguard grips. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that he is, but it's like after we read that lore, it's like, mate, you know what? It says continued to be used by uh, the companions to this day. It's like that. That's a that has to be about the grips that was used by the men who came from from uh, from the Lost Continent. Sure. To, to make the red guard lands. Yeah. Yet nobody knows how to use a curved sword. <laughs> curved swords. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry to sorry to uh, 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 stop you up there, Mike. No, we're good there. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. So now we're going to move on to the next book, The Improved Emperor's Guide to Tamriel, Skyrim, Nords of the Ebonheart Pact. In the cold wastelands of the north, the chaotic misrule of their high king is further undermined by the forces of the companions, a group of sellswords whose loyalty lies only in bettering themselves. But these are not orcs. These, <laughs> is, there is some semblance of a hierarchy, a band of soldiers, thugs, and bandits with a longing for more structure in their miserable existence brought together by a harbinger, a leader who professes to teach honor and resolve disputes but without reigning over the companions directly. His word is sacrosanct throughout all the holds, as is the veneration of Ysgamor, the invader. But what of the Harbinger's past and their rule? After Ysgamor came Jeek of the River, the founder of Whiterun, Yorvaskar and the Skyforge within its walls. He favored glory, not in conquest, but in helping those without the skill or will to wield their weapon. Under the rule of Mifwil, the withdrawn, the ludicrous practice of the companions usually fighting each other was finally outlawed. When Sirik the Lofty rose to power, rifts within the Guild of Thugs widened still further. This Red Guard was not at Morin's, of Atmoran's stock. As expected, his reign was brief, although it did instill a martial prowess in the Blade's work to those he taught. An elven harbinger would have been unthinkable until Pantelier the Outsider claimed power. His rise was as tedious as a Breton ballad. He was made to toil in mundane servitude until he outlasted the others better suited to their role. Next came Mackie the Pierce of the Piercing Eyes. Her story is preposterous. It is said she routed half an advancing army with only her gaze and slaughtered the rest with her blade alone. Her unexplained disappearance ushered in the Second Era, a dark time for those pretend paladins. It is only <laughs> when Kimil the Longnose thought to restore Yorvaskar from its corruption that the old ways of venerating honor through blood return. Your interaction with these warmongers should be polite but curt. Beware their skill in battle and trust them with nothing more valuable than your time. And I put a note here. This is the first time, you know, this, you know, between the, this book and the the one just prior, where we get this honor through blood returned. And uh, when you start uh, looking back through the histories and uh, some timelines, 
This is also around the same time that the pact was made with the Glenmora witches. So it's interesting that they use this phrase, honor through blood. And uh, it's, you know, the blood of the werewolf that's coursing through their veins at this point in time for the leadership of the companions. And then we got Codlac's journal. This is Codlac, the current Harbinger, the last writings of the Harbinger of the Companions. May I stop you right there for one moment? Yeah. The previous book was read by an Imperial, which I can only think is uh, Alessia Otis, but it wasn't, which is really it's disappointing. Way before her time, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this, the, the, uh, the guide there is one of the uh, books that came with ESO, one of the actual like physical copy books. Yeah. So all Imperials are Alessia Otis, or she <laughs> learned it from this guy. From now on, yes, all Imperials yeah. is right in that style of uh, <laughs> being uh, too high-nosed and high-browed for everybody else. <laughs> I'm sure right. the companions would be fine if it wasn't for their odious wares. <laughs> oh, they Alessia. smell like wet dog, <laughs> <laughs> and they eat Purina cold from the can. <laughs> All right, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so back to Codlac's journal. In my dream, I see the line of Harbingers starting with Yzgamore, each of them ascending to Sovngarde, until we come to Tervk, who first turned us to the ways of the beast. He tries to enter Sovngarde, but before he can even approach soon, he is set upon by a great wolf who pulls him into the hunting grounds where Hercene laughs with welcoming arms. Tefring seems regretful, but also eager to join Hercene after a lifetime of servitude as a beast. Then I see every next harbinger turn away from Sovngarde and enter the hunting grounds of their own accord, until it comes to me, and I see great soon on the misty horizon, beckoning me. It appears I have a choice, and then at my side a stranger I had not seen before. As I look into this stranger's eyes... We turn to see the same wolf who dragged away Terrifying. And alas, the stranger and I drew weapons together. I realize this is only a dream, but a, a strong enough dream to inspire a man like me to take it to writing. So it must be important. So, you know, we can see here that uh, at the point in the writings, at the second era, pretty much that's the end of, like, when there was the mighty companions and once again we get into this concept of lesser and lesser um the companions go from you know being mighty warriors to the point of well they're a bunch of brutes that you know are warmongers and drunkards and you know now they're harboring a secret of being you know werewolves and you know just the diminishing of the people it seems to me that that long-nosed fella, he saw this, and you know what? You know, the Glenmoral witches weren't monsters then. They were, I mean, as we, we know before, they didn't really change until Skyrim. They were always humans. Yeah. So, they probably what they offered was, you know, you guys can use the hierarchy of, of the wolves, you know, among you, and that would restructure you guys and get you back to glory, and I think that's what happened, and that's what well, they did. I think one of the things, especially when you think about the history of the 500, they came back to Tamriel to conquer Skyrim from the elves. 
And then to have an elf as the harbinger, I think left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. And during the events of the second era that uh, they make this pact pretty much to give them the power to once again be great and mighty and defeat, you know, to keep it so that an elf would never once again rule the harbingers. And, uh, yeah, it comes back to bite him in the ass, though. <laughs> Big fight going on over here. Big fight, guys. Yeah. So uh, a number of notable places for the companions. So we have the Mead Hall, Yorvesker, uh, which is where we started. And just up the hill from that, there's some steps. And we get the Skyforge. And in the Skyforge, you can actually... Uh, is one of the few places that you can actually... Um, forge special armor in the game um we've talked a little bit about sarthal where uh, you go for the mages quest which is interesting that you know sarthal was such an important thing for the companions and yizgamore yet you go there for the mages guild quest and not for you know uh part of the uh quest here uh if you go through windhelm's palace of the kings that is where yizgamore first set up his first uh uh Residence uh, and uh, where the conquest of uh, Skyrim from the 500 on the Night of Return took place. And then you can actually eventually end the quest line uh, by going to Yuzgamor's tomb itself uh, in uh, the north part of Skyrim up by the Sea of Ghosts. So then we have one more here, the Nords of Skyrim uh, by Rothman Wolfhart, an essay professing the finer quality of Nords. Nords of Skyrim, my people, my pride. Respected reader, my name is Ruthman Wolfhart, and I am a Nord. I am a Nord born and raised in the land of Skyrim. I write this volume in desperate hope that the rest of Tamriel can come to know my people as they deserve to be known and understood stand this province for what it truly is, a place of uncontested beauty and culture. Some of what you know is undoubtedly true. Physically, we Nords are impressive often imposing sights, tall of stature, strong of bone, thick of muscle. Our hair is often fair and worn braided, as has been our custom for generations. Often we are swarthed in hides of the beasts, and for such creatures are abundant in Skyrim, and we would be foolish not to take advantage of such an available resource. Having read this far, you may be shocked at the strength of my words and the literacy of a northern savage. I, many Nords, can both read and write. My father began my instruction in the way of letters as when I was but a Bjarn, as did his father and his father before him. But the accomplishments of the children of Skyrim are multitude and go beyond mere wordcraft. For we are artisans as well, and through the ages we have learned to manipulate steel and the way of sculpture, uh, wood and clay. Indeed, I have seen with my own eyes the visitors from High Rock and Cyrodiil weep in disbelief as they beheld the blades wrought in the fires of the Skyforge and, and honed to beautiful deadliness by the gods touched hands of the clan Greymane. But how can this be true you ask? How can such achievement be possible for a people who have yet to emerge from the muck and snow? Again provincial bias clouds the truth. The cities of Skyrim are a testament to Nord ingenuity and craftsmen. Chief among them are Solitude, seat of the High King and capital of the province. Windhelm, ancient and honored, a jewel in the snow. Markarth, carved into the living rock itself in ages long past. 
Brifton, nestle, nestled in the golden showers of the fall forest. Golden Once, showers, you say. Oh, yeah. come on. Let's not do that. <laughs> Whence come delicious fish and mead <laughs> and white run, built around the hall of Yorvasker, home of the most noble companions and the revered Skyforge. And now, respected reader, you have the full measure of it. We Nords are everything you imagine, and so much more. But let not the work be your only gateway to the truth. Book passage on carriage or vessel, and make the journey north. See Skyrim for thine own eyes. See Skyrim as have the Nords, since the gods first shaped the world. So once again, you know, it seems like the glory of ancient days drives them on. You know, what did Ysgamore do? You know, what did... Uh, you know the the founding of Whiterun and Solitude and Windhelm, you know through the 500, all of that kind of stuff. And now they sit around and drink mead, and you know, that seems to be it. The, it's like the meme of, face, you know, the old guy with the sunglasses. Oh man, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. one thing about the Skyforge I want to note is that when the companions showed up, they realized that the hill where the sky forges and is pretty much was the, was basically a mountain, right? Yeah. Um, the elves wouldn't approach it at all. For some reason, the elves would uh, were afraid of the sky forge, and something about that sky forge magic really creeped out the elves that lived there. So that's why they were able. That's why they were able to easily make a city. Uh, on White uh, White Run because that was kind of like an unholy site for the elves. I want. Did they ever explain why that was? No, not to my knowledge. You know, I had a source. You know, one of those books that pretty much t tells you that. But uh, maybe there's an uh, an additional source that can help. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I always love it with some of these like. Farkas just turned into a werewolf. Sure. Yeah. Ran out of the room. Turned back into Farkas. With all of his armor and sword back on. Well, it's magic. It's Guy Ford's <laughs> armor. Yeah, see that? Right. That's why the elves were afraid. You know? Right. No, um, another thing I wanted to add is that I was. Um, I remember a lore tidbit about the Nords also uh, had the giants with them when they came from Atmora. Um, this was sort of made canon in a way in ESO through some books, but it, most of this seemed to be gotten from a book series called The Seven Fights of Aldudaga by Michael Kirkbride, which is basically seven fights between Alduin and uh, Mayrun's Dagon. And in fight six, the 911th cow, um, it, this the one who's telling the story the narrator pretty much says that the Nords and the Giants weren't too far off from each other and uh, just one they were basically like two clans one was just taller and broader than the other and they communicated and they looked just as human as the, as the other now when the companions settled down into the Midlands of Skyrim and we get into the somewhere between the Merethic uh, era and the first era. They begin to fight amongst themselves, and the uh, I guess the the more the quicker, the more cunning, the more warbound um, Nords chase the the giant uh, the giant uh, clan into the mountains. 
and fought amongst themselves and did all kinds of wickedness amongst themselves until the first moot was created. But when the giants came back down after hundreds of years of disappearing, pretty much, according to the story, they looked different and they were just changed. Like they just couldn't speak English anymore. And the only way to appease them was to essentially just mark things in swirly patterns, which they liked. And uh, that started the whole cow offering system. Really? Wow. So I, I, I just assume that, um, you, you know, when you hear about, um, oh, God, what's her face from uh, Elder, Elder Scrolls Online and how like her, right, her, her dad was like her father was a giant or. But he was—he wasn't just like some erg, erg giant. He was like right. a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a guy that can speak English. What, what kind of giant? What, what, An erg, erg giant. No, we're talking about Lyris. Uh, that's a huge Titanborn. Uh, that's the character you're thinking of. Yes. We don't want to mess things up for the listeners. No, Lyris Titanborn was this person, and her father was a sentient, well-speaking giant man. So, of course, he is, was kind of like a, in the line of half Nord, half giant. So he has the giant's blood, and she also got that too. So this leads to credence, a credence that the giants, seemingly some among them might have still had the, uh, that connection to the Nords they once had. Hmm. That the, the giants, kind of like how what, I, what they see, see this as is kind of like how Homo sapien and Neanderthal yeah. probably came from a similar stock at one point. Right. And that's kind of how the Nords and the Giants departed from each other. Once they once the, the, the Nords started fighting amongst themselves and, and chased the other uh, tribe out, they, they kind of like uh, adapted in the wilds without the other Nords and they became the Giants that we see now. It would make a lot of sense if, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're able to, to you know, uh, 500 of them, you know, destroy the entire elf clan there. Yeah. Uh, did you piss off Farkas? Uh, Farkas, no. Uh, I'm fighting a silver hand. Seems like a... Oh, okay. I thought that was Farkas chasing you around. That was no. Say... <laughs> <laughs> Why is Farkas chasing you around the table? Oh, I said something about his mom. I called her a bitch. Yeah. That's your last chance, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would make sense if, like, you know, not only are they, like, I mean, the Nords are already, you know, the second largest, uh, you know, species or, you know, race, I guess. Yeah. In the game. But, you know, that if they were actually even taller during the Marethic era, you know, yeah. bigger, you know, more powerful physically. That's what the author in that Kirkbride thing says. Like, we were pretty much the as the giants but we're able to have all the faculties of our as we do now you know but they well, lost again, that diminishing you know? <laughs> but it, Kirkbride wrote this but things in the ESO like Lyris Titanborn and her story and some books revolving that kind of pulled from that story so it's like it seems yeah. you can see the inspiration there that uh, Zoss took from that for Elder Scrolls Online's uh, Lyris Titanborn yeah, you can see it. So it's there might, nice. yeah, there might, yeah, there might be something going on. I was a little bit upset I couldn't make um, Vanquish as tall as uh, like a Lyris in a way because you know, you know, recessive genes between elves and Nords would yeah. be kind of ridiculous. Right, Lyris <laughs> is a is a big girl. 
Yeah. She's a big girl. That's a lot to own up to. You know, you want your character to, to be that tall. She's a big girl, yeah. that lyricist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just want a unique character, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we at next? What's, what's so on? So that is the end of the uh, books for this week's selection uh, on the companions. Um, you know, it, it's very interesting that, like, they go all the way back to Yizgamor. There's a little bit in the Merethic, the first era, and just that little tidbits in the second era, just before the, the start of ESO, and then, like, nothing. And it's just like, wow, um, did you guys forget how to read and write during, you know, the third era? Uh, <laughs> you know, you'd figure that they would have played a huge role in uh, the events of the Oblivion Crisis. Nothing. Um, Maybe the Oblivion Crisis wiped them out. I mean... I don't know. They said it was really bad everywhere else, too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, a strange thing. No hero thing. of Anvil to save them. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that would have been nice if like, there was a little more fleshing out of like recent past and not just ancient past. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you run into is, you know, we know that ESO has only really dealt with East March and the Rift. And... There's a huge amount of space still to come. Uh, Falkreath Hold was a dungeon that literally was the town of Falkreath. Uh, there is not much else that is associated with it. So we still have all of Whiterun. And if we have Whiterun, that means that we have uh, Yorvaskar Hall and we have the Skyforge. So they might flesh out a little bit more in an upcoming uh, uh, expansion if we get to go and do the uh, central... Uh, part of Skyrim and the uh, Western Kingdom of Solitude. That's very yeah. exciting to think about. I'm waiting the on that, that too. That'd be really what was cool. that, I said it'd be very exciting to, to think of the possibility of that, you know? Yeah. I just hope that they don't go overboard with with some of the the back like kinda like the prequel writing aspects of, of uh of the story i know it's it's a big dragon break but i want them to try to at least kind of stay coherent you know yeah that's um i think that's that's the one thing that that elder scrolls fans really want out of elder scrolls online's lore you know if we're going to if we're going to go back to a lot of this awesome stuff that we see in in skyrim um you know let's let's make it uh um i got my head cut off <laughs> uh let's make it coherent you know, let's let's yeah. do that. And it's nice to see, like, you know, Easter eggs here and there. Oh, oh my gosh, your head. your head came off. Yeah, yeah, she got me good, that one. <laughs> um, it's it's nice to see those those Easter eggs uh, sort of called out a little bit here and there. Uh, but uh, there there is there is, you know, a, a real need for for the lore to be consistent, coherent. You know, OK, so we're we're this far back because it's Elder Scrolls Online, you know. Is there any way that we can link it up with what we see in in Skyrim? Yeah. You know, what nothing bizarro and completely alien to what you know, nothing right. like what are you know f some familiarity, but something kind of like oh well, this makes a lot of sense, and this kind of makes us better. You know, yeah. what's but that's what, what we always want. What are the ideas uh, right now for for lore and its progression? Um, in in Elder Scrolls Six, that Bethesda may may have at this point, and how can that link up? Uh, how can how can ESO link that up to, or or even Elder Scrolls Legends, or even Elder Scrolls Blades? 
You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, lore in ESO. You know, what about what about these games, too? You know, is there any way that we can make Legends link up with, you know, 6 and, and et cetera, et cetera? Yep. Um, now, mm-hmm. one thing. When was that long, fo- the long-nosed um, Harbinger? When, when was the date on that? Uh, let's see here. Go back, go back, go back. Um... Piercing eyes. Camille Longnose fought in the second era, a dark time uh-huh. for those pretend paladins. So it doesn't actually say when. Second era. They but it could is second use era and... that point right there to have the player character bear witness or see evidence of exactly how the Glen Moral Witch Coven did this. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've not played the East March uh, quest line in a very long time. And I know, is it the East March or the Riften one, where they're, when you first enter, it's the Riften one, uh, when you first enter from East March into the, into the Rift, there is that um, uh, group, that area there where um, uh, there, there's some type of like um, uh, the, 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 the Reachmen are doing something, they're digging up bodies and all kinds of stuff is going on and you go into this one cave area and there's some companions there and supposedly this is like one of their burial sites for many of their companions and i don't know who you i can't remember who you meet there or anything like that so you know it might be that you know we already have a taste of what's going on uh and they can you know just continue on with some of that story but it could be that uh, we're a little too early for uh, Long Nose's uh, deceit. Um, or it could be that uh, we're a little too late, you know, because they don't give an actual date that I found. Yeah, it, 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 might, it may fit. Who knows? Yeah. That's an interesting call out, though. I appreciate that. All right. Um, speaking of, uh, speaking of, you know, lore and, of course, the, the future... Um, we're, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about, uh, obviously the companions is the, the subject of, of today's discussion. Um, and, and we're, we've always got, we've always got an eye on Elder Scrolls six. So, you know, we are wondering with the anticipated release of Elder Scrolls six at some point in the next hundred years, uh, <laughs> we, we are going to be seeing hopefully, uh, new, ex, uh, new expansive vistas, um, and we, we hope to have some familiar aspects uh, like guilds and organizations, races, maybe classes. Uh, but in order to flesh out the world, we're going to see local organizations like the Companions as well. Uh, not Maybe not specifically the Companions, but something like them and, and other organizations. So the question is, is uh, what organizations do you hope they bring forward into Elder Scrolls Six, And what new ones from ESO might or maybe legends or you know if anything happens in you're breaking up on my andy barwin uh mike can you attest to this yeah you're breaking up a lot but i'm sure that the recording yeah the 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 recording is going to be okay yeah um you know what it is it's it's the battle music hold on a second (laughs) yeah all the uh the chanting of the the choir (laughs) yeah the hold on all right so, so the battle music sometimes uh, screws around with uh, my my audio setup, <clears throat> but um, that's why we record locally and why I always insist on calling you well, guys on Skype. If your health wasn't so low, you wouldn't have wouldn't have the uh, 
the glorious <laughs> chanting. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be sure to uh, I'll be sure to to, to work on that <laughs> as we as we dive further. Just keep it a little bit above uh, above half health, and and you'll be okay. Right. Uh, so we generated a list of uh, some examples of things that we've seen here. Sure. And um, it was interesting because uh, I generated this list probably Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we haven't, you know, really called out what we were going to talk about or anything other than it was going to be the companions. And we got a tweet from uh, a longtime listener who said that they hope that one thing that they see in Elder Scrolls Six is uh, the um, Undaunted being carried forward. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. But uh, that's an interesting ones... idea. Seeing the Undaunted in, in Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. Like... If we're in Hammerfell or in any other province uh, other than Skyrim, I think it would fit great. So some other ones that, you know, we've seen in past games, uh, the Order of the Lamp, uh, the Morag Tong, the Order of the Silver Dawn, the Order of the Hour. Many of these are knightly orders in uh, uh, Daggerfall um, type areas. Uh, the Morag Tong, obviously, from uh, um, Vardenfeld. Uh, the Pale Watch, uh, the Black Strap Ranger or Black Sap Rangers from Valenwood, uh, um, uh, the Vigilant of Stendar here in Skyrim. Sure. Uh, and uh, then there's one here that uh, Mithril has. Uh, I can barely read it, so I'm going to ask him to read it. Yes. Um, in Skyrim 2, the Stormcloaks <laughs> should ally themselves with the Lost Six House of Morrowind. To help resurrect Dagoth Daddy, and to rid Nern of the Imperial Dog Invaders, and share his divine disease to everyone once and for all, <laughs> and then have a kaiju battle with Vivek on the throne of the world. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, I hope that Bethesda does not take that one into consideration. <laughs> I mean, it's a legitimate callback to the Sixth House. I don't know what's wrong with this. <laughs> I mean, they can't be all dead, you know. In the Stormcloaks, you know. Skyrim 2. I mean, we were, we were promised this. We know uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is Skyrim 2. Skyrim 2, right. Have you been uh, have you been uh, t- 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 uh toddling around on that uh that that uh horrible uh Reddit of of yours that you go on to? Oh yeah. Um true STL uh lore right. uh, gay lore. Yeah. yeah. That, have, you been, have you been there? You, you should you need to come out of that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no 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 no! I need to. I think we should get a little deeper into that. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid what rabbit hole we might find you in if you do so. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm surprised Mike hasn't uh, gotten in there. No, I don't spend much time in Reddit. Oh, this one. This one is is. Uh, I'm gonna get Mike. He's gonna be with me one day. Nope. <laughs> so what do you think, guys? I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna throw it out there. I would love to see the vigilant. In, in Elder Scrolls Six, only because that I I really um, I really loved their their presence in in Skyrim. I thought them to be a very interesting group, um, and I, I would love to just just one day just I wanted to like join them and see you know how are they are they really like that that zealous um, or, or is it just is it just Skyrim's like extreme sort of circumstances right now that that push them into into you know zealotry and you know I wanted to sort of explore the idea of 
you know, are they justified being so zealous? Are they not? You know, the circumstances in Skyrim, especially going on with um, the vampires uh, in, in Skyrim, it does justify them being so zealous. But are they normally like that? Are there other yeah. vigilants around? Stendar is the apologist of men and the care and the divine chief in charge of justice in the world. Akatosh keeps time together, but Stendar is the man with the scales and the justice. And it's like we should I would love to see more about Stendar because I think he is a really interesting we don't hear we don't know a lot about him. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree very much. And and my you know, my my uh my gameplay wheelhouse is very much around Stendar, you know, one hand and shield, uh you know, paladin type uh gameplay. I mean it's you know, hunt the undead relentlessly, mercilessly, you know, constantly um put yourself in, in front of the undead and shield the uh the innocent. Um that's that's that is that's my that's my shit. Hundred and ten percent all the way just that's my shit and and you know you see the vigilant but there are times when you see them and you're like hmm kind of a little black and white here like that's a little you know they they sort of like the way they present themselves indeed is is very um interesting and exciting for me but the way they present themselves in word a little fascist and makes me kind of like want to back away a little so I don't know. Like I'm really, well, I'd love to see them explored. It was a direct response to the Oblivion Crisis. This version of the Vigilant Stendar. I imagine that their order was nothing like that back in Daggerfall. Actually, we know they're not like that back in Daggerfall. Which kind of brings me to the idea: is like, why can't we just have the temples that we have in Daggerfall and flesh out all of the divines all at once? Yeah, I'd be into that. I'd really be into that. I'd, I'd like that a lot. But anyway, uh, I've I've gone on certainly long enough. What about you, uh, Mithra? What, who would you like to see in, in Elder Scrolls Six? Uh, <laughs> I already did it, but no. Um, it depends on the location. Uh, it's really hard for me to pin it down. That's why I said I kind of want to have all of the uh, the divines back because, like, I can't really. We don't know where we're going to be at. In Hammerfell, there's that order of, of Red Guards that are are in charge of slaying the undead and the unholy while the rest of the Red Guards run in terror from, you know, a mummy. You know, that would be an important, you know, uh, guild to be in or a group. Or, or like I said, you know, like what Mike said, the Black Sap guys, they kind of take, they're kind of like the companions in uh, Valenwood. So it's so it's all about the location, really. You know, it would be kind of cool. Like, if we didn't have a, a Vigilant Estendar, uh, what about a cult to Meridia that does the same thing that the Vigilant Estendar does? I mean, Meridia pretty much does the same thing. Sure. Except specifically the undead. Right. Yeah, Meridia hates, she, she hates the undead. Yeah, so I have a cult with that you know and then of course you win you know her armor and her sword and all that other stuff as being the champion so you know so many ways to do it yeah what about you mike so i you know it's always been my hope that we're going to be doing you know something in valenwood uh for you know elder school six you know valen you know like i've talked about it, ad nauseum but you know i'd like to see something like the black sap rangers or the vine dusk rangers you know 
you know, that kind of like, you know, ro- a warrior group that, you know, relies heavily on bow and arrow use, the sneak function, that they're not the thieves guild, they're not the assassins, that they actually use those skills that, you know, I like playing with, yeah. but in a more noble fashion. Coat, coat yourself like a coat yourself in frog poison and you know <laughs> all kinds yeah. of stuff. Now that'd be a thing. Yeah, just to you know to give you that kind of like you know feel that you get with the Dark Brotherhood quest line that you get with the Thieves Guild quest line in terms of the you know having to sneak around and do things, but you know they're a much more nobler quest line and it's you know not. Uh, all about you know sneaking in somewhere to kill somebody or to rob their house or you know you know that kind of thing so you know something more along the lines of what a ranger you know normally would be about anyways right yeah i'd be into that for sure um one of the things that a lot of people you hear all the time they they love doing is is doing the sneak archery uh sort of sort of gameplay it's addictive Uh, oh sure is yeah i mean it's extremely powerful uh it's like Except a for a Varwin here who, you know, is having trouble with the uh, oh, zoom function. Oh, he's doing fine. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's not shooting Farkas at all. <laughs> no, and they were fighting. I, I, I'm not bad. You got to take your time and pick your shots. Right. Varwin's not that bad. I'm not Come good, on. <laughs> but I'm not bad either. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, but I got... He's probably going to hit Varkas eventually. This is, a, this is an inevitability. Oh, yeah. Mr. Oh, kill that high elf. She deserves it. Look at that. It was inevitable. All right, so um, animal skins. Well, she well, see, like she had to go because her own people wouldn't accept her that way. <laughs> With the animal skins, what are you doing? <laughs> um, Mike, I, yeah, I'm sorry. What what you were saying? Um, you were saying that some sort of like lawful good version of. Um, like archery and and uh, like sneak archery and 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 that. yeah, I mean you know you you get to use these these skills when you play the um, the Dark Brotherhood and when you get to play the uh, Thieves Guild, but you know it'd be nice to actually utilize them, you know, more in line with like what the Companions or the Fighters Guild quest line you know talks about. I mean, you know, when you look at traditional Dungeons and Dragons Rangers or Lord of the Rings Rangers. You know, these are guys that are out there fighting on the front lines, but they're in the shadows doing it. That you know, the people that they're protecting don't know that they're there to protect them. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're oftentimes looked at as scoundrels and downtrodden, when in reality they're you know the first line of defense for these you know places that uh, are being overwhelmed by you know creatures of the forest, uh, you know unnatural creatures, the undead. You know, and, um, you know, especially with, like, Valenwood and, the, you know, the, the green pack there, it could really play a lot into, uh, you know, what's going on and how to, to, to really give flavor to, you know, something going on in, if we were to go to Valenwood or uh, elsewhere or something in that general area. I, I, I got to tell you, Mike, I really, really, really like this idea. The more you yeah, talk like, about what it. What if the green sends an ultra bear and you have to basically fight that thing, you know? Yeah, this is a really cool idea. I, I really appreciate it a lot. It's very nice. Yeah, but unfortunately, now I want to see Valenwood and it'd be like, you know, this giant jungle and it'd be like the next gen console graphics and it's like oh my gosh you can jump from tree to tree or something that'd be sick 
Hell yeah. That'd be very cool. Alright, um, let's see. I posted a true SDL in the chat room, by the way. Did you? Okay. I guess spread the disease. Alright. Oh, jeez. <laughs> disease it is. Um, all right, guys. Well, I guess I guess that kind of uh, does does uh, our show for for the evening. Um, it feels real good to be back on the mic. Um, it was great being uh, being away for for the honeymoon and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but I I really love getting back to uh, to to podcasting again. And next week is going to be um, Quest Gaming Magic: The Gathering with uh, myself, Mithril. And uh, oh, Rogue! I don't think will be able to join us next week. He's um, he's got some prior engagements, I think, for the next next couple hmm. of episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure. I haven't had a chance to really talk with him. But but anyway, um, we are going to be doing QGMTG next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get Jenny on the microphone and talk a little a little magic with us. Uh, That'd be brilliant. Yeah, week. that would be like a special guest. She's yeah. raising she's raising her eyebrow. She's like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, but we, we will be recording that next week, uh, Thursday at, uh, 9 PM Eastern time. Uh, final thoughts, starting with Mike. It was good to be back. Uh, I have, uh, your gameplay going on the big screen in front of me and my notes on the other screen. And, you know, it really makes me want to actually like boot up Skyrim and play now. <laughs> it's the one thing that always drives me nuts when we do this. It's like, oh, you know, let's actually play. Yeah. Uh, oh, tell me about oh, it. Oh my god. Oh, I know. Right, I know. In the right at the right <laughs> in the end, I got I got ripped apart here. <laughs> right at the end. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to leave on that note. Unfortunately. That was. Oh man, yeah. I wish I could screen capture that one moment where he just sad. like cleaved you right there. <laughs> All right, myth was final thoughts. That he knifed you. Yeah, right in the back too. Uh, final thoughts, Mithril. I'm having too much fun. Uh, great, great night, great talk, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, uh and and once again, um it's your it's your second episode here on uh uh ESOTR, but um you've you've proven to be uh a, a great addition to to the show. So thank you for um thank you for all your uh your comments and thoughts. Uh candor. Um you know, so you're doing a great job so far, so keep it up. I'm honored. <laughs> um all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you've enjoyed uh this Elder Scrolls production, please make sure to check out our podcasts and streams such as Quest Gaming Dungeons and Dragons, which is actually going to be going through a little bit of like a soft reboot, sort of like a if you're a DC fan, like a Flashpoint sort of a thing uh coming up soon, hopefully by uh, I think maybe uh the beginning of the year we might we might be doing something. We've got some uh, technical issues with um, with equipment that we still need to work out, and uh, have not had a chance to do so until uh, in maybe starting next week. I might be able to get on the microphone with these guys and sort of help out a little bit. So uh, so stay tuned for that, and of course, uh, Quest Gaming Magic: The Gathering, uh, which is going to record next week as well. Uh, it's a great time if you um, if you are uh, interested in learning how to play uh, one of the, uh, in my opinion, the best, but one of the uh, the single greatest um, uh, collectible card games um, in history, uh, come check us out, okay? We are uh, one of the few podcasts out there that, that really truly is 
newcomer friendly. Uh, we, we talk about all of the, uh, the different things that you need to know in order to, to crack open your packs, really understand what's written on those cards, what they mean, how to play the game on a very fundamental level. Uh, so check us out, Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. And you can uh, check all of these, these shows out live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Please give us a follow over there. Uh, again, now that I am back, uh, we are going to be doing some, some streaming as well. And, uh, we may even have, uh, may even have, uh, Jenny do, do some, uh, some streaming as well. She expressed some interest with, uh, with the Sims. So she's I'll give, watch it. She's give me, a, <laughs> give me a thumbs up. So that might be coming, uh, down the pipeline for a few folks as well. Uh, also, uh, you can get all of our shows, of course, on our website, questgamingnetwork.com. But of course... As well on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, if you're into Twitter, you could follow us at Elder Scrolls OTR. If you're if you're into Facebook, you could follow us at uh, on Facebook as well uh, at uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, Mike's got a personal Twitter account. You can follow him on Twitter at KDR Mickey. That's K D R M I C K E Y. Uh, you can follow Mithril at Mithril-esque. That's M-Y-T-H-R-I-L-L-E-S-Q-U-E. Mithril? Um, Is that it? Oh, yeah, that's it. I also found out that TrueSDL has a Discord server. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, and, of course, you can follow me uh, at Avarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N uh, on, on there as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Elder Scrolls Off the Record is classic, and classic is Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, if you have enjoyed this show, thank you very much for downloading, subscribing, listening, and following on all the various ways that you may do so. And a huge thank you to all of our listeners in the live chat room today. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you.
Ушел, да! 